Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to the World in Sport, I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, Fiji Netball names its new coach. We talk to Samoa-born world heavyweight boxing contender Alex Leopai and check on progress towards the 2015 Pacific Games. But first, Oceania Tennis is considering dumping its Davis Cup side after years of underachievement and reintroducing a team for the Federation Cup. Pacific Oceania has been active in the Davis Cup since 1995, but last year was relegated to Asia Oceania Group 4, the lowest possible level. The region hasn't entered a Fed Cup team for a decade, and the Vice President of Oceania Tennis and Davis Cup captain, Cyril Mangi, says it was a hot topic at last weekend's AGM in Nandi. There was also discussion that... uh we probably reintroduced the Federation Cup team uh, with our women because at the moment we've got Abigail Terapisa. She's at university in the States and she's currently number eight in NCAA uh, into the whole country. So she's really good. And we've got another girl from Samoa, Tessie, uh, and she's on the tour at the moment and currently 782 in the world. So those girls are stepping up and uh, the men's team is getting a bit older and there are no real juniors stepping up for the task at the moment. So, yes, at the AGM there was talk. Unfortunately, currently we cannot have both teams because financially the OTF cannot support Federation Cup and Davis Cup team. After Iran, if the boys cannot make it to Group 3, uh, there is a possibility that we then switch from the Davis Cup to the Federation Cup, and that will depend on availability of players. Because uh, having said that, we've got four of our girls also at the university in the States, and unfortunately when they play for their school, it's hard for them to get released during the schooling year. So uh, so all these things were on the table. Uh, I think it's very positive that year after year those competitions are reviewed for seniors and juniors. I mean, there was talk also about the Junior Davis Cup and the Junior Fed Cup. But unfortunately, we don't have the depth, I believe. From the men's point of view, if they win in Iran or if they qualify for Group 3 eventually, are they safe? I cannot. Well, it's a board decision. But the thing is, if we move up to Group 3 and we pull out, the way to re-enter is to re-enter Group 4. While you're in Group 4, you can pull out and then come back. So if you step up to Group 3, I believe the team will continue because you will not pull out if you're in Group 3. I mean, you pull out when you're in the lowest group. That's because you don't have the level to be higher. And it's been quite a while since you've had a Fed Cup team from Pacific Oceania. Exactly, yes. I think the last time was probably early 2000, I think. Unfortunately, we don't have funding for all the teams. We try to concentrate on, you know, the regional training center based in Lautoka, and on junior tournaments around the region. So when it comes to seniors, I mean, we have to keep a budget because this team represents us, but it's hard to get funding for all the teams. And as you say, from a funding perspective, uh, definitely at best one of these teams, but definitely not both. At this stage, no. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm not going to talk about the budget for OTF. We're not earning a lot of money per year. And actually 2013 will probably be a negative year for us. But, But the good thing that was announced at the OTF by the president of Tennis Australia, Steve Healy, is that the Australian Open will sponsor the OTS for our junior development uh, for uh, up to $50,000 uh, a year. What sort of stuff can that money be put towards? The 
details are yet to be finalized, uh, but we, we sort of agreed that it's for junior development, so probably to finance extra players to go to ITF, uh, junior tournaments, for example, or go on tours, you know, maybe one tour in New Zealand, one tour in Australia, or things like that. But it's been announced, but it's the deal has not yet signed, and the details of the deals are yet to be confirmed. Cyril Mangi from Oceania Tennis. Veteran Australian mentor Julie Hornwick has been appointed as the new Fiji netball coach. The national body advertised for a new Pearls coach in December of last year after receiving funding from the Fiji National Sports Commission as part of a government initiative to hire experienced overseas coaches. Julie Hornwick previously coached Fiji in the late 1990s and also had a stint in charge of the England team. She says the chance to return to the international game was too good to turn down. Unfortunately, just for a short term, but um, yeah, it'll be great to go back and... I think there's one of the players left in the team that um, when I was coaching, although she was just coming up, she was in our development squad, so uh, we knew a friendship there. But um, yeah, wonderful, wonderful country, wonderful athletes, so it'll be fantastic to get back in there. Obviously, you've coached them before. What attracted you to uh, go for it again? Obviously, the uh, position was uh, made available in December, and the new funding meant that they could uh, hire somebody I guess with a bit of a profile from, from overseas, which was the intention, and, and you've obviously come out with the job. What attracted you to the role again? I've lived there for three years and um, know the country, know the culture, know the people. Fell in love with it when I was there. We, my family moved with me and we had a wonderful time and the children still talk about Fiji and some of the wonderful things they did when they were quite young. So, um, And I followed their progress over the years and I have a really close connection with Yvonne Willering and she went in after me. So... It's been sort of, I've been watching them closely and when I saw that they needed some help, I put my hand up. Unfortunately, it's only a short term. I can't stay permanently, but um, if I can help them qualify for the world, that'll be fantastic. Yeah, so is the idea, obviously, you're, you're on deck next month for the, uh, the Tri-Series Plus One, as it uh, seems to be labelled, and then, of course, the Pacific Series, which doubles as the World uh, Qualifiers. Uh, is the idea to take them through to that World Champs, or is it just to get them qualified? Just at this stage to get them qualified, because I have uh, family commitments here, and can't um, commit the time that would be needed um, to netball these days. I've worked at the top level for very many years, but uh, I now have an ageing mother and some, you know, my children are getting older, and so I have commitments here with, with my family. OK, and obviously you've got a pretty experienced, uh, pretty uh, busy CV there in terms of international and domestics with ANZ, with the Commonwealth Bank, uh, Fiji and England back in the day. Um, what, what differences do you find uh, from the international to the, uh, you know, having a club or a franchise? Oh, it's just the extra step up in skill and pressure. It's just the absolute joy of representing your country is, is amazing and putting on your country's uniform. But in terms of a netball, it's just uh, you come up against as athletic as uh, Fiji are and as skilled as they are, you come up against the likes of Australia, New Zealand and England and you just take netball to a new level. So it's just uh, giving them some, perhaps in, insights into some of the things that I have learnt along the way and hopefully help develop their skills and make them more competitive at the top level. How familiar are you with the, the current environment with, with netball in Fiji? Um, it's been a little while since I've been in there, so, but I'm sure it won't take me long to catch up. And um, I certainly still know the system and, and their competitive structure, so it won't take long, I wouldn't think, to settle in. And, uh, you know, they've had a very impressive few years, obviously. I think they got up to fifth, I think it was, in the world uh, rankings and four times in a row with the Pacific Series. And I guess in their region, that's sort of as high as you can go in terms of, you can only, you know, you can keep winning the Pacific Series, but it, it's kind of how you take that next step, which is that ultimate challenge. Uh, how, how do you think they do that? 
Yeah, uh, well, unfortunately, it would be nice if we had a consistent coaching approach, but uh, that's not going to be possible at this point in time. But no, I'll just take in my international experience and help them, uh, take, you know, learn about what pressures there are. And then there's a couple in there that have had some international experience at that level, so hopefully they've grown and developed, and uh, it'll just be putting it all together for them. And Julie, albeit for a short term, uh, your appointment there is, is sort of off the back, as we've mentioned, of the uh, initiative they've done up there with the National Sports Commission and the government funding across a number of sports. Uh, the Sevens coach in Fiji, there's soon to be appointed Fifteens coach in rugby, and also I think their cricket coach, which isn't far away as well. Uh, government really putting extra funds in to try and get some experience uh, and expertise, you know, in, in various sports. Um, Obviously, somebody will replace you after you've done this job. Um, I mean, what what difference does having that full-time coach sort of do? Because, you know, previously Una was in charge for four years, but it was all on a voluntary basis. And when I was there last time, it was a voluntary basis too. So this will be actually the first time I've gone in as a full-time coach. So um, that'll be fantastic. You can just devote your time. You can get out to where the athletes are. You can help uh, develop their daily training environment. So all of that will just uh, help them grow as athletes first. And then we put the sports skills on top of that. Alrighty, and I imagine you're uh, looking forward to getting back into it. Certainly am. I'm really excited about going and catching up with people that I worked with when I was here last time, but it's also good to take on a new set of athletes and um, show them the, the ways of the top. That's the new Fiji netball coach, Julie Hornwig. The Samoa-born boxer Alex Leopai says he's never been as well prepared for a fight as he is for next weekend's world heavyweight bout against Ukrainian Vladimir Klitschko. Klitschko hasn't lost for a decade and will put the WBA, IBF, WBO, IBO and the Ring Heavyweight Championship titles on the line in Germany. Leopold says he couldn't have asked for a better build-up. I think this is the best of, of preparation I've had ever since I've fought. You know? like I, this is the first time I've um, been able to train full-time. I normally, uh, even in my last fight, I even, uh, I even was still working and training you know, when I was fighting for World Title Eliminator. But... Uh, this fight, training full-time, and uh, everything's all in the plan. And, of course, it's the biggest fight you've ever had. It's probably the most media attention you've ever had. You know, it, it doesn't get any bigger than this, fighting for a world title against one of the Klitschko, uh, you know, brothers. I mean, w- what's your mindset going into this? Look, to be honest, I'm just looking at this as just, just, another, uh, just another fight. You know, I, I don't want to think too hard about it because we're not fighting the fight now. It is the world champion of this era. So um really looking forward to getting over there and, and doing what I do best and um, it's not going to be easy but um, anything is possible you know so now we've just got to just got to fix up these little 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 things now with the two more sparring left and um, look forward to leaving on Saturday get over there and base over there and you said uh, no injuries obviously you had the uh, neck uh, which uh, cut one of your sessions short a few days ago no, no issues there no everything's spot on you know um even the neck was just a little niggle, but, um, you know, right now, too close to the fire, you know, every little thing, you know, we've just got to be spot on it, you know. So, uh, no, everything's 100% now, and, uh, no, just, uh, like I said, we've got two more little sparring sessions left, yeah, and then we should get ready to, to leave on Saturday. And there's obviously a lot of people supporting you uh, back in Samoa, where you were born, in Australia, where you are now, and, you know, sort of uh, came to prominence, and, of course, you spent time in New Zealand as well. Uh, so a lot of uh, fans and supporters in, in this part of the world. What what motivates you? For me, it's, um, I've got an opportunity now to, um, to, you know, to make mum and dad proud. You know, uh, I've done a, you know, a few bad things in my past, you know, and, um, you know, drugs and alcohol and prison and all that stuff, and... Um, you know, still today, it still haunts me, 
every time I think about mum and dad at court, you know, when when I was um, sentenced to jail, you know, and to see mum and dad break down, it's, it's you know, I still can't get it out of my head. But I've got a chance now to put a smile on my parents' face, you know, and um, and just make them proud. And not just that, uh, Australia and New Zealand, it's a smile. Will you have family in Germany with you watching the fight? Or I know sometimes you know family members don't like to watch you know these sorts of sports sometimes because it's too hard. Will they be watching? Yeah, well, I'm taking mum and dad over there, and all my brothers are going as well, and plus uh, my aunties and and some of the uncles. So you know, my, you know, I'm really happy they're going to support you know in the fight. But uh, my main focus now is um, is just bringing it home, you know, bringing that gold home. And uh, Klitschko's come out and said he's keen to trade punches with you, and and I think you're pretty keen uh, for that to happen as well. Uh, what, what's your take on that? Well, I'm, I'm pretty keen. I'm pretty keen to um, trade punches with Klitschko because um, he's never traded with anybody, with, you know, with the same power as me. You know, and um, honestly, well, once he feels what what I've got, uh, I believe his game plan is going to go out the window, and he's going to uh, he's going to change to another plan. So. Um, He's going to think twice about um, trading punches with me. And, and what is the support of your uh, compatriots, the likes of uh, you know Pia Wolfgram from Tonga and, of course, David Tua from New Zealand and Samoa? They've come out in, in your corner and supported you. What, is, what does that mean to you? I'm just happy they've got the whole Pacific, you know, and uh, you know, we've got all the, the boys from different um, islands, you know, and they're all wishing me well on this fight. It just goes to show that even though I'm, I'm from that side, I'm from Samoa, and, but... Um, even the the islands, they're all under, you know, all protected. I'm representing them all. So, um, like I said, hopefully uh, April 27, I can uh, make them all proud too. Is there any element of nerves at all? No, nah, for me, there's no nerves at all. You know, I just feel all the hard work's done, and uh, it's just a matter of getting in the ring. You know, um, and just just do what do what I've been training for for the last three months. You know, and um, I feel that everything should fall to plan. But um, all the hard work's done. Just got two more heavy sparring sessions left for this week, and uh, everything should be good. If you could write the end of this script uh, for this uh, this bout, this story, this uh, moment of your life, how would it end? Oh, mate, it's going to end up uh, me knocking uh, Klitschko out, you know, the great Klitschko. And um, not only that, uh, I'm just uh, bringing it home for, for you know, Samoa and New Zealand and, and Australia and uh, the boy who, um, they come out of nowhere and, and stop the, the great Klitschko. And uh, they realise he's from this side of the world. And you believe in your heart of hearts that that's what you're going to do? That's what we're going to do, mate. That's why they call me the Lionheart. That's the Samoa-born boxer Alex Leopai, who will fight later this month for the heavyweight championship of the world. The organising committee for next year's Pacific Games in Port Moresby say construction is happening around the clock in an effort to complete venues and accommodation in time for the main event. The Games Minister, Justin Tachenko, pledged at the end of last year that all venues and facilities for the 2015 Games would be delivered on schedule. The chair of the organising committee, Emma Waiwai, says officials have named 2014 as the year of action. We meet on a weekly basis and just to get an update from all the, you know, from the project managers to how we're progressing. At this stage, we're very comfortable that the swimming pool and the indoor complex, the new one that's being built at Tarama, will be ready. The Games Village, we have a few plans in place. By this week, we will actually um, know for sure whether the whole village will be ready for us, the Games Village, or there's, there's 10 blocks to be built. Um, but if they can't get the 10 blocks built in time, how many will be ready by maybe three months out of the, from the Games so that 
we as the Games Organizing Committee can start getting some temporary overlay ready to, to, you know, to be able to accommodate all the athletes and officials that will be here. The stadium, I think, is progressing well. What most of the contractors are doing now is they're now working three shifts, which means 24 hours a day to get things going. So, you know, the, the minister's confident, the government's actually confident, and we, we are confident that a couple of the stadiums will be ready for us. Those that are not ready, we already have contingency plans in place to be able to facilitate for all 28 sports come 4th of July. When do you anticipate that you'll be able to sign off and say everything's done, athletes, we're ready? At the um, General Assembly in July that will be hosted here in PNG, we want to be able to tell every country that comes what we have in place. So, yes, we'll have a Games Village, whether it'll be all 10 blocks or six blocks, what, we, what we'll be telling them is this is the Games Village, this is where we're going to house all your athletes, these are all the venues for you know that the Games will be played at. So what we've agreed to is that all the new infrastructure is being built for legacy mode. Even if it's not ready for us to have during the Games, we will still be able to play you know, every sport at whatever venue. And, and, and come July, we want to be able to tell all the, all the countries attending that this is where netball will be played. This will be this will be uh, where basketball will be played. Soccer will be played. So at least they know, you know, which are the venues that the athletes will be playing on. And do you still anticipate to be over budget? And if so, how much? I'm not sure. I don't know how much more um, the government will be able to give us, or how much more the that we, we require. At this stage, I think the 1.2 billion that we've been we've been saying all along, I think, is sufficient. It's actually taking into account a lot of the shortfalls and and the extra things that we need to purchase, you know, in time for to get the games going. So the money that you have been given to this point, you believe, is enough? I think so, yes. And, of course, you guys were in Wallace last year for the Pacific Mini Games. You've also, you know, learnt from previous Pacific Games tournaments. Uh, what, what lessons have you taken out of there? I know, you know, the main sort of things that come out of those, the likes of food and accommodation and all that, but was there anything specific that you guys noted? Yeah, um, one was definitely the village and the and the, um, and the food, and those issues are nearly always common at, at all games. So, you know, we're coming away hoping, you know, what that what we give to our athletes when they come here um, next year is, is what they want, you know, what they require, because we just had the New Caledonia delegation here last week, and they said, look, there are three things that we're here to check on, or, or our athletes will be satisfied with, the food, the accommodation, and transport. And so for us, those are the three key items to make sure that our athletes are well looked after, you know, they sleep well, and they get to their games on time. The other thing also that was interesting last year was the venues were not as probably not as grand as ours will be, but the important thing is that we provide the field of play to the international federation requirements. And uh, Emma, what would your message be to the other countries, the other territories that are participating that will be coming to Port Moresby in, in just over a year's time about what to expect and exactly where the games are at at the moment? My message to them is come, we are ready for you, we will be ready for you. We've been saying that this will be the best games ever and we, we hope to you know, deliver on that. Um, that when they come, the opening ceremony will set the tone and that they will be, it'll create this excitement that the next two weeks of competition will be, you know, fun. Yes, it'll be competitive, but at least come 18th of July, they will say this was the best games ever and that they go away feeling happy that, you know, and feeling satisfied that they did come and they did, you know, although, yes, they, they gave their best, but they enjoyed themselves to the, to the maximum. The chair of the Pacific Games Organising Committee, Emma Waiwai. The semi-finalists have been found in the Oceania Champions League football competition. Fijian champions Mba finished unbeaten in Group C, while Vanuatu's Amakali FC and AS Pirae from Tahiti both recorded a perfect three wins to finish top of Groups B and A respectively. Defending champions Auckland City were shock losers against Amakali in the group phase, but still sneak into the final four as the next best finisher. 
And Vanuatu beach volleyball duo Henriette Iatika and Milipata have won the Canem Open in Thailand in their first event under new coach Jason Lockhead. That's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley. As always, thanks very much for listening.